This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Chai Kai, and Fred on Fire on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash adventures in Aurelia. Hello and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, the podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Chris and I play Rim. I'm Krista and I play as Ariel, who's an Asmar sorceress. I'm Chantel and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorceress. I'm Caitlin, and I play Tempest, a Genasi Ranger. I'm Damien. I'm the DM, and a peek behind the curtain is we have not sat around these microphones for almost two months now. Yeah. It feels weird. Because we had a wedding. Caitlin and I are married now. <laughs> you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. Or they get all get all sappy on the podcast. Ew. Oh. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we get started tonight, we have an interesting shout out. We have just received a new patron in the last two months since we recorded an episode. So, we would like to welcome Fred on Fire, who is at the I believe I called it the hero tier on our Patreon. So, everyone, everyone, give a warm thank you to Mr. Fred. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and we will all pretend that we don't actually know him outside of the podcast. I don't nope. know him. Never met him. Mm-mm. Not once. <laughs> nope. But also with this episode, everyone now has our new upgraded microphone. We are <gasps> all now up to par together with our new audio setup. And hopefully it's a noticeable increase in quality across the board. Because I think we only had one recording session with our with half of us on new microphones. And that was a lovely wedding present from one of our very close friends and potentially one of the players at this very table. Who could that be? <laughs> so thank you, Chantel. Dungeons and Randomness is a D&D actual play podcast with a bit of a twist. Several groups of adventurers make their way in the world of Theria at the same time. Actions can have dire consequences and black and white choices are rare. Some seek fame and fortune, some are seeking revenge, and others are just trying to live their day-to-day lives. It's not a campaign. It is a living, breathing world. Check out dandrpodcast.com for more info, or find Dungeons & Randomness wherever you get your podcasts. So, lucky to our listeners, assuming the editor can get back on track with editing at a, a reasonable pace, they will only be about two weeks in between the last time we got together and this time. But with it having been about two months since we have recorded, who remembers what we were doing last time? We went to the library. library. Okay, one at a time. You started talking first, so Caitlin, go. We went to the library. Uh, Who went with you? It was Tempest and Ariel. Mm -hmm. And then Nina and Rem went to the jeweler. Yeah. Right? 
uh, which was really stupid on our part because most of the documents in the library are in Dwarvish and the only one of us that speak Dwarvish is Rem and he didn't go. Mm-hmm. So we got there and we couldn't read anything. We basically got and to we look had at to pictures. ask for help. <laughs> we did get some info on ancient dragons. And I showed up eventually and read stuff. And then and then Rem finally got there and skimmed things. Didn't relay much information to the group. It's a bunch <laughs> of dragon names and colors. Um we ordered some research to be done further into the ancient dragons and to be sent to the adventuring guild to aid them in their their research and now we're headed to go see the king and the king. From, from the jeweler group what did what did you guys learn while everyone else was at the library and i'm i'm just amazed that i remembered that much <laughs> me too <laughs> because i was only half conscious for most of that recording um i remember that the the bracelet that Nina had was of high craftsmanship and spoke of um, a very particular dwarfin name. Um, The locket that I had was similar um, and both were basically told to us to be taken immediately to the king. Um, The way they spoke about it sounded almost like it was somebody that shouldn't like, like a traitor or something. Somebody that was like excommunicated from the dwarven colony almost like he who shall not be named. Um, but told us to take the stuff to the king and have him look at it immediately. Yeah, apparently he was a craft, uh, a master craftsman who might have taken the place of the current master we spoke to, but yeah, apparently he betrayed the whole race somehow. We were basically ushered out and told not to return <laughs> so that we could go speak to the king immediately. Which we did not. Well, we were on the the way to grab the rest of our party because we could have just left you guys, but we chose not to. (laughs) Left you with all them books. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. The horror. (laughs) I think Ariel would have been fine with that. Tempest (laughs) is bored out of her fucking mind right now. She's like, they don't even have pictures. No, they had pictures. That was the only thing we could really make any sense until you showed up. But yes, so we gathered the rest of our party, left the library, and are on our way to see the king in towards the big spire. To the king! To the king! <laughs> now, just to, to help with refreshing things, the DM was stealthfully looking up some notes. Stealthfully. The uh, the, stealth. the name of the person that you guys were told was uh, Brum. Brum? Brum. Brum Gemholt. And you probably... So he's the one that crafted the jewelry that yes. they found? And regardless of whether or not it actually came up in the episode, it may be a bit of a retcon, but he would have told you that it had to do with the king's daughter. Yeah, that didn't. No, that did not. That is interesting. All right. So we join our party on this, the 23rd of Bellinus at early morning to midday, or I guess late morning to midday. As the party leaves the Guild of Surveyors, the Dwarven Library, and make their way to what they believe to be the King's Pavilion, which is to the north of the city. Where previously, uh, Kanina had noticed a interesting spire that shoots out from the, the platform that the main part of Sterengeld is built upon and goes to an area that is lit up at the top of this cavern. 
What would you like to do? We're following a guard, aren't we? I don't think no. so. We we started heading toward the spider because we we're the spire because we were told that was the direction to go. So oh yeah, I thought we ran into some. There are we ran guards. into guards. Yeah, um, it's possible we might have been following someone. I didn't record that part. I just we had noticed guards and we had run across. Okay, I don't remember that from the brief listen back that we just did. Yeah, we basically noticed that the guards were there. They had fancy armor and they looked important. <laughs> So, yeah, we heading for the big staircase doors spire. Yes. So entering the courtyard as you cross underneath the portcullis, there are a handful of servants milling about. You notice that at least from what you guys have seen. Well, one thing to kind of explain is being a big underground city, but also a large trade hub where you guys are at is actually relatively well lit from lanterns and other light sources spaced evenly throughout the city. And as you've made your way through the city thus far, you haven't noticed a lot of greenery because it's all stonework underground. But as you enter this courtyard, it's actually fairly lush. There are a couple trees even that have been planted and have grown within this courtyard. There is a fountain with running water and a small almost meadow like area out in the middle of this courtyard and the spire that goes up into the top of the cavern kind of juts out from around where this well is or from where this fountain is two things that really stand out to you as you enter this courtyard you would notice them as you get onto the inside of the gates to both the left and right right up against the gate wall are two iron golems. So you see these two large men made out of metal with a dormant kind of stare in their eyes. Iron golems, I believe, are large creatures, so they would be standing 10 to 12 feet tall. Yeah, we note them, but otherwise we'll continue onwards. You said there's a lot of servants here? You're not going to go draw a mustache on it? No, those are moving. Yes, there are servants milling about in this area. There are a handful of guards that they're not really patrolling. They're just they're kind of keeping watch. You've noticed as you've walked around through this place that though there are there is a standing guard, it's not very heavily patrolled. Most of what you guys have noticed for any sort of peacekeeping in the city are golems, though usually they are stone instead of iron golems perhaps for the higher level of defense for the king's area or as a status symbol, the golems in here are iron. Is there like, is by watching around, do I notice anybody that's like in, in charge? Like are people all going to one person and getting orders or anything? Or is everybody just kind of like wandering? Not from what you can tell. You can tell that on the left side of this courtyard, there is an area that you see people constantly moving in and out of. But these all appear to be like servants, um, groundskeepers. Um, is there any guards like directly near us at this point? There would be a couple right inside the, the gate, probably up on the wall. All right. So um, when you say up on the wall, so that means they're like up out of the way, not really within speaking distance. I mean, you could easily speak to them because they would only be 10, 15 feet in the air. Um, yeah, so Nina will flag one down and just be like, um, 
Excuse me, sir. We're from the Adventurers Guild. We're here to seek an audience with the king. We have some important information we'd like to relate to him. Well, hello there. What is it that you would like to speak to the king about? Uh, we have some artifacts that we retrieved from a raid that we conducted down in Riven, and uh, we believe they are in high importance. We are told to seek the king immediately. I see. Uh, the dwarf uh, kind of shouts past you to one of the people that is working on the ground, someone that is currently taking a watering can and watering a flower bed. You there! Send for your drum. Your drum. What? Your drum. Your drum. Your drum. They're dwarves. Your drum. So, what makes you think that these items are worth any import to the king here? Your head jeweler told us they were. Our head jeweler? Yeah, the one outside. In the guild, uh, circle. Um, it's oh no, I was at the library. Are you saying that you sought an audience with Ulven already? Yep. Yes. And he corroborates the story that these are important artifacts. But we do have a certified letter from from him. And kind of as, as you guys like, we have a letter and a short, stout, kind of bulbous... Bulb. <laughs> Dwarf with white hair uh, kind of comes hobbling out. He has a cane. Is he the major domo? Is that Yodrum? Did I say it? Yodrum. Right? Yodrum. Are you the group that's looking for the king? Aye. Yes. And what makes you think that you are worth an audience with the king? We have a letter. And we then- have a letter. And Nina yes. will also pull out her Adventurers Guild badge and just be like, we're from the Adventurers Guild. We were sought to seek counsel with the king immediately. We're very important people. And Yodrin takes the letter from Rem, breaks the seal, looks over it, and like, you can see he gets to about halfway down the page and his head just snaps up at you guys and he kind of like snaps at each one of you. Come on, come on, let's go. Yeah. See, will follow. I told you. Yeah. Very important people. Yeah, Nina will immediately follow after him. <laughs> And he's, you know, he's got a cane and a little bit of a hobble, so he's like doing that fast cane watch. <laughs> and being mm, saunters yeah, really long. Being a him. dwarf, the rest of you are pretty much just like and walking, <laughs> and walking slowly. I'm gonna let him get three or four steps ahead, and then I'll catch up. And he takes you into the main building, like directly across from where the portcullis was, to the back of this courtyard. There is a very large building, and he takes you through a couple double doors lead you straight through into the back and he turns to you guys and says, I need you to wait here for one minute. He opens the door and closes it behind him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look around. I'm going to walk over and test the doorknob. It's unlocked. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to be assassinated. Wait, wait, which doorknob? The one that he left out of. Okay, yeah, the one that he just went through was going deeper into the building and it is unlocked as Ariel looks around the building in the room that you guys are at it's a very high ceiling room. You can see some balconies that overlook this main kind of like entryway. There are a few benches along the along the walls. There is a statue of a dwarf in full chainmail armor with a very ornate helmet and hammer. Is there any secret entrances or exits? Roll a perception check. 
apparently you're looking around too. <laughs> After checking the door, I investigate the room. Twenty. Twenty. As you are like looking around for some sort of secret entrance, probably getting to that statue since that's where you brought it up, you're looking around, getting down, feeling around. Can I help you? Look at the statue. No, I'm, I'm, I know I'm short. I'm down here behind you. Can I help you? Turn around. Simple dwarf, uh, brown hair, seems to be wearing um, just clothes of someone that is a staff member here. Did we notice which room he came out of? Did he come out of the room that uh, Yodrum went out of? No, he, just, he was someone that was milling about through one of the side hallways. No, you're told to wait. What are you looking for? Looking you at seem the very interested in the bottom of this statue. Oh, it's dro- dwarven craftsmanship. It's always the best. I like to look at it. It is. It is one of the oldest things that we know of around here. It's very, he very. He puts a hand work. on it, kind of, kind of taps its the the statue's calf. <laughs> I say it was an old king of ours. Does he have a name? He does. Care to share? Caldgrim. Caldgrim. Caldgrim Stonefist. And we'll continue to and at this point look the around the statue. Door that Yodrim had walked into, he opens the door. This way, this way. Nina will follow after immediately. <laughs> and he holds the door open for all of you to enter. Yep, Nina will thank him as she passes. <laughs> and as all of you enter this room, you just hear him. The king is having a meeting. Do not disturb him. Slams the door and locks it. <laughs> and he is in the room with you guys. And the king he, or, or the little dude? The little dude. Okay. He, <laughs> the little dude. <laughs> he walks on kind of through you guys, because I imagine as he yells out into the hall, you all kind of stop and turn, and he walks through the middle of the group towards what is a throne with a very old dwarf that is gaunt looking for a dwarf. He's got kind of, kind of deep set bags under his eyes. He is wrinkled. His beard has, is kind of coming into not being as well kept anymore and he's he's sitting kind of pitched forward on on the throne kind of hands on his knees hunched over a little bit and everyone go ahead and roll a I'm gonna say perception even though it's actually no insight this would be an insight check 11 even with my plus four, I got an eight. Six. Nine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're not very perceptive. It's yeah, his beard. Insightful. Or, not very insightful. Insightful. I did check Hidden the right one. <laughs> I had a plus four as well, but I rolled a two. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. I have a plus no, five. I have a plus three. We're doing well. So, I mean, you guys just get this, this air of kind of sadness off of him. Hmm. And... Yodrum walks up to the throne. He leans in, whispers something to the king, and then takes a seat by his side. Could and I have heard back, that? Not from the distance that you guys would be. And he takes a, a he kind of takes his place to the side and a little bit behind the throne. I'm gonna make a quick glance around the throne room if there's anything or anybody else in there. From what you are seeing, there is no one else in here. There are. Two doors to the back of this room. They are currently closed. This room also has a like highly vaulted ceiling, but unlike 
the previous room that had a balcony that kind of ran all the way around the outside to view the entranceway. There is one balcony and it's only to the back and above the king in this room above like behind the throne okay can i see if i can say the greeting that kanina knows rem did to the old jeweler the like the formal greeting <laughs> see if i can mimic that the dwarvish greeting yeah i don't even know what kind of skill there is for mimicry <laughs> other than huh performance yeah yeah okay yeah okay. go ahead and uh, make a make a performance i'm going to have to give you disadvantage because you yourself don't know dwarvish so yeah. you're trying to just mimic you know Ooh, this is gonna go badly <laughs> something you heard like an hour ago okay that's not bad uh that's an 18 because <laughs> 14 was my lowest 18 was my highest so and All i have right. a plus four so so yeah you um are able to give at least the the verbal actually does kanina have the social graces to not try and approach the king yeah or how would I know that I have that? I would assume so since she's been around dwarves and she kind of knows. Well, more so for royalty. Well, yeah. It would be I, your upbringing. She, she's actually been pretty respectful. You yeah. Because she, you know, has. It's just this is the first time, at least that I know of, that you've interacted well, with I would say if she, royalty. If she so, started to try to walk forward too close, Rim would probably like grab her by like the back of the belt or something. I don't would think she'd be able to do that twice because I'm pretty sure Ariel has no idea. Yeah, Ariel's probably the one to look out for because uh -huh. I think Nina as a person is actually respectful because she always like calls like Mistress Beery and stuff like that. She always uses okay. forms of respect. So I yeah, think Rim, yes. Rim would know like there's that invisible line of do not yeah, like, approach. Like, like 15 feet away. Yeah. So if even if Ariel started, he'd be like, no. And she probably wouldn't go forward if no one else in the party went forward, especially Rem. She's probably watching Rem more than anyone else because she knows he kind of knows the dwarven lingo. So, yeah. so uh, you guys all step forward and Kanina kind of takes like a one step lead mm -hmm. to give a very formal greeting to the king who returns the greeting. And uh, yeah, she'll just be like, uh, hello, I'm Kanina Kojin and uh, these are... My, this is my group. We're from the Adventurers Guild in Riven, and uh, we have some important information to pass along to you. And so she'll kind of look at Ram to see. If <laughs> kind of so I've heard. And who are the rest of your friends? Nina will wait a second to see if anybody introduces herself. I'm Ariel. And Nina will go on. on. This is uh, Rem Kilpatrick and Tempest. <laughs> Rim will give like one of those like half bows at the mention of his name. And he he kind of takes a special note of Tempest and Kanina. They stand out the most as being different. <laughs> Look at our colorful skin. <laughs> Ariel has her hood up, so she's yeah, it's not very dark eyes. in the room well, anyway. Uh, yeah, she's not. And Tempest is like half a step back, like <laughs> behind everyone, kind of tucked behind Rem, probably. Because she... She's not used to being around figures of authority like this. She's been on a boat. I'm on and he's he's looking at Tempest. He goes, it's, it's not every day that we have our graces blessed by someone of your guys' heritage. Tempest. Who were you before you became what you are? <laughs> you will kind of glance over because she's not really too sure either. <laughs> she's just like... <laughs> I doubt Tempest was your birth name. No one special. 
just a just a girl growing up with their mom in a monastery without a name my birth name is Raina Tully but I gave myself the name Tempest when I started changing turned blue okay Rem (laughs) that's my birth name it's a family name thank you you guys are aware that you are in the presence of a king correct yep (laughs) Nina will just kind of excuse our uh, insolence Mr. King Uh, we're we're not quite used to being around royalty all the time Um, we're sorry uh, and she'll uh, go ahead and start to pull out the artifact that she had found and here's uh, the artifact we had found that we thought might be of importance to you he extends a hand out you may approach okay. and so you know pull it out of her pouch because she had tucked it away before and she'll kind of keep her head down and reach out her arm and give it to him and are quickly you just giving him the bracelet i only have the bracelet i unlock it yeah okay so nino go up and give him the bracelet and then she'll back back away <laughs> he, keeping her head down he takes it in his hand and you see him he looks over it for probably a good 45 seconds or so in silence as you see him inspect the outside of the band flip it over, reads through the inscription and he's running his hands along it and feeling the the level of craftsmanship that has gone into this and he turns behind him to Yodrum why don't you go ahead and bring the rest Yodrum and he Holds the band up to you guys. I don't expect any of you to realize what you've brought to me. Well, I know the uh, the jeweler guild master had told us that it was something to do with uh, Brown. Yes, Jim Holt. And it seemed like he was some sort of traitor to your race. But other than that... Um, Calling him a traitor to the race is a bit of an overstatement. Though he is a traitor to my family. Rimmel, look forward and reach into his pocket and pull out the locket. Be like, did he steal your daughter? Hold it up. Open. God damn it, <laughs> he well, he looks up to it and has a look of confusion to his face. What is that? It was a locket we also found. When I showed it to the guildmaster, he too said it was from this Brahm. But I doubt this Brahm was the lovely young dwarf maiden depicted on the inside. May I see it? And he'll walk forward and hand it to him. And he takes the locket, opens it up. Everyone go ahead and roll perception. Rem? 14. Crit fail. I'm looking at my fingers. <laughs> yeah, this is boring. Six. She is bored. Tempest? 25. There we go. <laughs> I crit. Tempest happens to notice a single tear roll from his roll down his cheek and into his beard. Disappear immediately into his beard. This is related to it. This, and he kind of faces the locket out to you guys, was my daughter. The fact that you guys found this gives me some closure. 
and one of the doors in the back opens up and Yodrum walks in with a small box with a lid on it and he pulls a small stone table over to in front basically it ends up being in between you guys and the king up on his throne and he sets the box onto the table and walks up to the throne and you see him help uh, Elmgard stand up and walk down the stairs does he look like sick and feeble or does this is just age very much age like the equivalent to someone in their late 80s okay and he gets down to the table and he lifts the lid off of the box why don't you all come come closer and take a look Nina will approach yeah and inside the box he actually starts to pull out very similar bracelets to what you have or to what you had brought him except some of them are in pieces some of them look to be intentionally destroyed and some of them from the outside looking in would look completely finished and there are about seven of them how many total would there be even with broken ones the the broken ones make a total of seven okay Making sure it wasn't nine. In total, between the broken pieces and the ones that had looked complete. So Nina will look at these and just be like, um, were these all made by the same person then? Yes. Do you guys have time for a story? Sure. Uh, Yes, of course. It's been over a decade at this point. I used to have a daughter. My daughter found herself enamored with one of the craftsmen. Someone that was not only beneath her, but someone that shouldn't have had time to go gallivanting around with her. They would meet in secret, and eventually we knew. Unfortunately, they were getting sloppy, and... People started to notice Sylved and Brum slipping off together, meeting together in one of the inns. One day, she came to me, and she asked me if she could be with him. I had to tell her no. That day, she left for a few hours. I'm told she had returned. And then she slipped out that night. And I have not seen her since. Brum was never seen again either. It was clear to me and to my wife that my disapproval of their relationship and the fact that she had accepted that she wanted to be with someone of his status had forced her to leave. These other bracelets, we found them in his house. 
They all are failed projects. It seems that he had been courting her for quite some time. Unlike some of you younger races, the courtship from dwarves can take decades. I do not know how long they had been seeing one another. All I know is the amount of work that has gone into this tells me that it was quite some time. I regret that I hadn't given the chance. I have many regrets about how things happened. Losing her, especially for the way that I was treating Brum, essentially cost me my own wife. Having this here, and the fact that your message from finding it in a cave system far away says that they must have left in secret on their own. Well, to be honest, we did find these in the grasps of goblins and kobolds. They could have taken it much further from, from where they've retrieved it. But it is clear that for how valuable these items would have been to them, that they are no longer living. I'd imagine that I would have seen or heard from them in the decades since. And at this point, even though he is maintaining a decent composure in his voice, you guys can see the, the tear streaks running down his face. Yeah, Nina's like very empathetic toward this because she had originally thought the bracelet was very romantic and she was very much in love with the idea of finding it and returning to the original owners. So she's very sad to hear you know, how sad of a tale this is and that it had such an unhappy ending. So she's probably, you know, slightly close to tears herself. And she'll just be like, I'm very sorry for your loss, Lord Elmgard, and I'm sorry that the items we brought must have meant the worst happened. Well, I can say that with this locket, at least, it's nice to be able to see my daughter again. Though this is a sorrowful encounter for us, I am thankful for you guys. Because it's the final step for me to be able to finish my grief and perhaps make some amends of my own before it's too late. I don't know what I could do for you, but I need to do something to repay you for this. It seems like you guys have been on quite the journey to make sure that they've made, that these items that are very personal to me have made it to me, and you had no idea what you were carrying or what was going to happen when you got here. To be honest, we had thought that these were just some sort of connection. We were mostly researching the goblins and kobolds in this cult they seemed to be running towards Doiton. We've already been through your city looking for information. 
haven't found much, but returning these items was but a piece of that investigation. What can you tell me of this cult that you're speaking of? It seems that a large tribe of goblins and kobolds had taken residence up into the hills outside of Riven. And you're saying that these goblins and kobolds were working together? Mm-hmm. Together for one or the other, it seemed not completely certain. Goblins seemed to make up a large host of their strike force. The kobolds seemed to be digging and searching for something in the mountain. And we've also noticed that they've recruited or enslaved uh, other members of races like ogres and bugbears and such. And Rim's going to reach into his pouch and pull out the scrap of like fabric he has that has the Doiton mark on it. And he'll lay it on the table and be like... They all had either a brand or a mark like this somewhere on their bodies. And they had a uh, very abnormally large kobold. Uh, He dispatched him with a group effort and a large suplex off of a cliff. He can't help but, but, like, you you see the the beard just kind of rise up (laughs) in the corners. Kind of a. (laughs) And when he says it, he's going to, like, motion to to Kanina, like, suplex. And retrieved a. What we have been told is a ancient axe uh, linking to this, this cult of Doitan. An axe that we can't touch. Well, we can touch it. We just felt We've been its, told not to touch. We felt its extremely evil presence. It was covered in a number of draconic ruins, it looked like. It's very interesting of a tale. Have you guys heard of some of our own interesting problems? Because goblins and kobolds aren't known for working together. Yes. We have heard of the knoll problem you have outside in your, in your forests and had already made plans to possibly uh, look into that after we've left here. And we've also heard tale of the occasional kobold or goblin problem popping up in the lower levels of your city. That happens, but that's been a problem for centuries. Mm. You know, especially the the kobolds, they dig. And the goblins like to explore the caves, and every once in a while they'll find their, their way in. But what's interesting is, much like goblins and kobolds don't normally work together, Knolls normally aren't able to band together into such large groups from what we've been hearing. Has this mark, any motions to the one on the table again, shown up anywhere where you've seen it? Or possibly a mark mentioning one of the other dragon names from lore? And he'll try to recall the list of names he read. Right, roll a recall knowledge check. I have them written down. (laughs) Just have to find it. So. (laughs) Good luck pronouncing them. Yeah. Uh. Great Gagoth, Slainte, Tintriak, Sanamha, Tias, Nim, Fohar, I can't read it. Agradoc. I have no idea. That's beautiful. I'm going to clip that. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to recall Dwarven here. 
got Rayo. Not on there. Silver Dragon. Doiton. The Red Dragon. I didn't do Doiton because I already said You can read them off mine since I have it in like phonetic. <laughs> <laughs> that probably still won't help. <laughs> and he, he looks down at the, the scrap that you've laid out in front of him. And he's, he, you see him kind of look at it. He cocks his head a little bit. He twists it around. I can't say I've seen this symbol before. And I recognize some of the names that you mentioned. Uh, your pronunciation is a little sloppy, but... My dwarven is a little rusty, I'm sorry. Fuar is a dragon that's known more in dwarven legend. Yes, due to the legend. Yes. Though the rest of them, I mean, the way that you're talking, I'm assuming, are other legends and myths. I wonder, though, if there might be a connection between these creatures that normally don't get along banding together. Religion can draw many under a single flag. A cult could do the same. We'll just have to figure out where it's starting from, and we'll have I'll have my guard keep an ear out. Well, I did let Erlam down below know that we would scout. Who's Erlam? <laughs> I don't know. Do you mean Ulian, the, the yes. guard captain Ulian, down in Staren? One. We told him we would scout the forest for him, for this Grimfang, or whatever his name is. And you know Dwarven. A long time ago, I took it in military school. I'd think someone with some study in Dwarven would have an easier time pronouncing the, the Dwarven It was a names. long time ago, I don't remember these things. I only listened with half an ear. They spend more time on the military aspects. Names of siege engines and things. Less about pleasantries. I see. He, uh, he kind of turns and pulls himself back up the stairs, up to the throne so that he can sit. Is there anything that the lot of you would like as repayment for what you've done? We do represent the holding. Adventurer's Guild. <laughs> and I'm sure that... <laughs> They would appreciate it if we allowed you, or asked you to keep them as someone that possibly you could uh, ask for help with any problems you have here or even in Starin or outside. As far as us personally... A new cart? Our cart is fine. It's a little singed. <laughs> Gives it character. <laughs> Uh, anything you can give us information, equipment to help us in both this hunting of Grimfang and journeys beyond. So, do you, you intend apples? to hunt Grimfang? Well, we intend to at least scout for him. If we I find see. that his encampment or following is too great, we will return to Starin and inform Ulian of what we found and see what the next step is. If we believe we can finish this off ourselves, we could possibly do that too. It would mean the world to me to have a bag of apples and carrots. She likes horses. Yodrum, could you get the woman a bag of carrots? Yes! 
Yodrum kind of <laughs> hobbles away. Is it a bag of holding carrots? No, I just I didn't specify. <laughs> the but I just, bag of apples and carrots. <laughs> Ariel is gonna happily be feeding Princess back on the way back. It's like the alchemy <laughs> jar, but it's just carrots. Yeah. More apples. Yeah, along those lines, <laughs> Nina will also kind of speak up and just be like, "Well, I don't want to sound too selfish, but I am a young sorceress in training, so if there is anything." in the realm of magic wise that could help me with my powers i'd be most grateful otherwise i would be fine scrolls i don't know if scrolls really help sorceresses they can cast from them so well, if it's something she doesn't currently yeah. have like memorized she can still cast it well us dwarves aren't umd check <laughs> us dwarves aren't really known for our magical inclinations however i'll See what I can do. How about the lot of you take a day in our finest inn, the Locket and Key, and come meet with me tomorrow when I've had some time to make a few requests. Uh, yes, thank we, you so much, Lord Elmgard. <laughs> be more than happy to take you up on your hospitality. Yep, Nina will do her bow thing. Curtsy. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have a skirt. <laughs> curtsy without a skirt. She's got she a tail. <laughs> I do not have a tail. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yodrin walks in. <laughs> Nina will go help him with the bag of apples. Carrots. 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 Yeah. Carrots. Oh, I carrots. She said, I said apples bag and carrots. Apples and carrots, but I'm getting carrots. Okay, so bag of carrots. They don't have apples. Because carrots are a root vegetable. Yeah. A little easier for the dwarf. They grow from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> he probably do. He climbs a ladder and picks them. Yeah. Meanwhile, the farmer above just watches the carrots disappear. Oh, a guy below with a basket running back and forth catching them. <laughs> so Nina will go over and grab that from him and just be like, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, she's like, Ariel's rushing over. Sounded like the beginning of Durad's <laughs> sandstorm. Exactly what, like, what? No, 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 no. No, 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 And as every, like, everyone's kind of here and involved in the conversation and you notice that the locket that Rem had given Elmgart, he actually slips over his head and he puts it around his... Puts it around his neck and tucks it into his shirt. Yodrin. We're going to recollect his uh, scrap of cloth and tuck it back away. Grab a piece of parchment, please. And Yodrin, who has a a medieval equivalent of a fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bum bag. Belt pouch. Digs, it's a little bigger than a standard belt pouch. Big belt kind pouch. Of, kind of a, a sash pouch pouch with where it ends up hanging he digs in and grabs out a, a small roll of parchment and you see him fish around some more and pulls out a and a featherless quill and it's like write a note uh, an invitation for rem canina ariel and reina to have 
lunch with me tomorrow. Her name's Tempest. No, her name is Reina. She calls herself Tempest. So we'll, after everything, head towards the inn. uh, And he, like, Yodrin scrawls out that note, brings it over to the king, who signs it off. And uh, Yodrin hands it to Rem, who seemed to have kind of taken up a bit of a lead role. (laughs) (laughs) He's like... Yeah, pretty much. You ran <laughs> off to get carrots. I was helping. <laughs> and then Ariel decided to start playing tug of war with the carrots. So. <laughs> no, I got it. my bag. <laughs> I was helping him. He has a cane. <laughs> and it's a big bag of carrots. I would have. You just jumped in. <laughs> because that's what Nina does. I know. She's a jumper. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, she did jump off a cliff to suplex a god or whatever, kobold. Yep. So. Nina and Re- um, Nina and Ariel are over in the corner, carroting. Carrot- <laughs> I don't want it to go that I was like trying to like pull it from you. It w- the way I see it in my head is that you went over to help, and then I, you know, wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh my carrots, and like comes over to get them from you. Well, just because the way you said, you're like, no, 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 <laughs> my <laughs> carrots, my precious. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah. I didn't mean it in like a. Yeah, it started like, hey, no, wait, those are mine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, yeah, uh, she's seeing that you're getting a little step out of the way of your caretaking. <laughs> she's very wait, wait, excited. Like, Rim will look around at the group and be like, all right, guys. Yep. I think we've taken up enough time, the king's time. Yeah, and Nina will just be like, thank you, Lorem Elm- Elmgard. We'll see you tomorrow, I suppose. <laughs> Ariel's just in the bag, Yodrin shuffling helps, through, finding all the best ones. <laughs> helps escort you. You realize this is like a 20-pound sack of carrots, right? Rim will look into the bag and take a carrot and eat it. No. That's what he's doing. She has it closed now. You, you, were you said going that you were rooting it. through it. I know, but so she's not going to let his arm went, through. Yoink. He's got a big arm. You're probably going to have to make a check for that. <laughs> What's up, you, Doc? Yeah. You have to make a you have to make a sleight of hand check to get. I'm not my trying bag. to be sneaky. I'm literally just reaching in. What the back check would I have care? to make okay. to keep you? Okay, Rem and Kanina, go ahead and uh, roll initiative. What? Uh, what? What am I rolling? You mean me? Uh, Rem and Ariel, go ahead and roll, <laughs> like, roll I'm, initiative. I'm, I'm not trying to steal her carrots. All right, Rem. Twenty-one. Twelve. <laughs> Rem gets a carrot. <sighs> He's gonna start eating it as he walks. <laughs> and Yodrum leads you guys out, leads you guys through to the courtyard. Well, sounds like I'll be seeing you tomorrow. Yeah. What yep. time's lunch? Lunch. So around... <laughs> <laughs> How do you no look time down he here? He looks up with Rem. Rem goes, away. we usually keep time by the sun. So lunch. I'm not sure how to find when lunch is. Do I just ask around? Is it lunch? <laughs> that might not be a bad idea if you're not used to dwarven time. <laughs> you just you just go for lunch when your stomach's rumbling. <laughs> All right. What time is it? <laughs> um, it was it's probably around it's afternoon. dinner after lunch. Yeah, <laughs> it was around mid mid morning afternoonish time when we went over or it something. It is. Okay. So it's now probably noon afternoon. It just is. Maybe after the meeting, it's probably afternoon, earlier afternoon. You guys have about a day. Where is this in? Let me write some some notes down. So I'm I'm guessing that you guys have like. That began making your way to the locket and key. Yes. I asked where it is. Well, yeah. But we're, yeah, we, he asked where it is, and then I'm questioning how they're going to know that we are. Is Yuldrum coming with us? 
No. Okay. Then Where she has a valid end? question. Yeah. So Ariel's going to bring up the point that the inn doesn't know that the king sent us here and he's paying for it. He never said that. Yes, he did. He invited us. Yes, he us. did. He invited so, us to stay there, but he never said he paid for it. So Rem goes up to ask the guard where the locket and key is. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Where's this locket and key? Go back down to the town square. Okay. Turn to the left. All right. Find the tall building that's in the front has a key going into a locket. All right. A locket or a lock? Locket. Okay. It's like a lock, but it has a string for putting it around your neck. Yeah, they usually have pictures inside. Yes. And they don't usually have keys, but good. <laughs> you I never believe had a lock the humans normally call this a pun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the crying laughter. <laughs> I'm suffering so much. So Rem gets the location of where you guys are going. I mean, he'll turn around and wait for everybody. Well, Nina's probably keeping up with you. She's not dilly dallying. <laughs> I don't know if you were staying with the rest of the group, but I just so. I did hear the king correctly, right? That he sent us there on him. Right, on he him? said he was <laughs> like inviting us to stay there. That makes me feel like I don't know. Go ask Yodrum. I'm not the one with the words. You guys are. Nina will start. Going to the direction of the town square again. Just be like, come on, guys, we should go take a look at the inn. Nina's outie. She'll Rim. look behind You're her to make sure everyone's following. Rim's, Rim's already headed that way. Yeah. Nina's going. Okay. Ari's going to follow because she's not the one that talks to the people. You guys are, so whatever. You can, but it's your choice. <laughs> so we're heading that way because we were told directions how to get there. So. Hi ho. Hi ho. It's What's Tempest doing? You, following. you haven't, you haven't <laughs> said anything. Following. You have to say that. Uh, Tempest is right next to Rem. No, Nina's right Whoosh. next to Rem. He has <laughs> two you, sides. <laughs> you can't just sit there wordlessly. <laughs> the weighty hair. Everyone makes their way to the locket and key. And it is a... Like most of the buildings that you guys are seeing here are one to two stories tall. This one is a five story tall building. Hey. Splurged for the extra three. Yep. So you, you walk into the main door and there is a lounge to your left. There is a bar to your right. And directly in front of you is a front desk. So Rim will walk to the front desk between the two. And areas. the, the, Two dwarves that are behind the front desk are very well dressed. Rim is in, not well like, dressed and pretty dirty. Like suits. <gasps> One is a bath. Sounds nice. What? Rim's gonna look at them and be like, "Who do I talk to?" Kinnin will go right up there with them. <laughs> One of you, the bellboy. And one of them goes, "Him." The other one goes, "Her." Excellent. Us. We've been sent here. At the behest of the king, his invitation. Oh, you have now? Yes. And, and Nina will pull out her adventures guild badge and just be like, yes, we're from <laughs> Yes, <here."> adventures guild. <laughs> yes. Well, that is not from the king. Uh, Rim will pull out the, uh, the, the invitation for tomorrow and be like, we were invited to see him tomorrow for lunch. He told us to wait here. And the 
And may we see your invitation? He'll he'll roll it out on the table, but he'll leave his hands on it. And they read over and goes, Oh, the king has given you guys a hundred gold tab for the night. <laughs> Rem's gonna look at the, the letter. <laughs> Rem never said that he read over. No, but he he's gonna look down and be like, "Wait a second, I need to read this." <laughs> I was waiting for the quick. conversation for anyone to be like, "Read it." <laughs> no, Rem will read it now. He'll be like, "Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. It has the king's signature. That's all that matters." <laughs> but no. And with the the room, he's uh, he has suggested that we give you guys one of the penthouse suites. You could take it if you want, and that'll run you 20 gold for the night and leave you another 80 gold for your tab for food and drink. What's food cost here? Oh, we have one of the most finest establishments in all of Staringeld. That's excellent. How much does it cost? Uh, food for the night, there's four of you. Probably end up running you five gold a plate. Okay. And drink? Uh, it depends on how much you want to drink and what you want to drink. What if uh, I notice the ladies here have mentioned wanting a bath? Do you guys have a bathing facility? Yes, we have a fully stocked spa. And what would that cost? Hot springs. It depends on the amount of treatment they want. If they just want a hot bath drawn, Lava it'll pool. end up being a, a gold apiece. If they'd like a massage or any other special treatment, then we'll be looking up at about five gold apiece. If there's anyone that would like any extra company tonight, then we're looking at about ten gold for the night. Was it a hundred gold or a hundred gold apiece? Hundred gold. Okay. Like, oh, images when he said massage mm-hmm. I know, right? and then he said a little extra company yeah. and then Chris winked and waggled his eyebrows <laughs> Rem wants some dwarven no, company no I was saying Tempest but I love when he jumps straight to Tempest she's been on a boat for like three months they, they make port someone may have made everybody port. knows the sailor stories sailors come into town and look for the body women I don't know if Tempest looks for body women, but body something. I haven't decided which way she swings. <laughs> <laughs> like a saloon door. I mean, you were, you, were, you were uncomfortable with Ariel being naked in the room with you. <laughs> That's because it's Ariel. Well, yeah. I don't know how anybody can look into those glowing eyes. <laughs> I just wanted to sleep. Yeah. Uh, she was very unceremonious about it. <laughs> But yeah, so Rem, you know, doing slight calculations in his head, realizing that you guys could each have a spa day. We could all get food. We could have the room. And, and everyone gets over. a hooker and we'll afford I, it all. I wasn't talking about the hookers. <laughs> that, then, one, that one would push you over. Well, Rem then is going to be like, what about, uh, and he's going to look at Ariel now and be like, laundering services or armor cleaning. Do I look dirty? You could, you, it's not you. Your, your clothes could use some attention. You guys are acting like we don't have any money. No, I'm just trying to figure out how much it costs. He's a penny pincher. Yeah, apparently. You get used I'm to making it. sure we can afford it all. Mr. Frugal. You going to spend your money to do it? I have 200 Old gold. Men are frugal. It's perfectly logical to be so. Yeah. That's how you spend your, your money what on for like health potions. What are you looking like at me? I'm potions. agreeing with you. No, that's what I said. I'm agreeing. <laughs> that's health potion money. Considering we don't have a cleric. What? I You're have- not a cleric. You're not, not a cleric, cleric anymore. I have heels. Some, yes. 
cure wounds. I have I can have any of the cleric spells. I have heals. I just also have other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we could do the cleaning service for about a gold a person, and depending on the the nature of the armor, uh, a gold, maybe two gold. All right. So Rim will turn to the group and be like, we can stay here for the night. Looks like good accommodations. Good meal, good drink. Guys can all get a bath if you want some. Have your clothes tended if you want. And it looks like uh, the king's basically going to pay for all of it. As long as you guys don't uh, get too lavish with your your bath or your... And as they're like, as they're listening to you guys talk, they're kind of running a tally and they eventually, like, you guys are figuring out what, basically you guys are figuring out how can we make the most of the king's money. Yep. They end up saying, if you guys want to get the penthouse for your hundred gold and we'll just call the tab good. You can have the penthouse. Each of you can have a nice warm bath drawn. You can all have one of our finest plates. And you can each spend up to two gold on drinks, as well as getting your armor cleaned and any of the clothes you'd like washed. If you'd like any of our extra services, then we're going to have to talk pricing. That's fine. Sounds good to me. Alrighty. Agree to that and be like, where do I sign? Uh, You don't. All right, take the invitation and roll it up. Put it back in his pouch. Yep, and... And then he's going to drop his bag. All right, bellboy. And they, like, pull on a little bell and you just hear a little... (laughs) And four dwarves come out from, like, the back room behind where the front counter is. Yep, what could we do you for? Hi, how, how are you doing? And the two people behind the counter go, These are some of our esteemed guests for the night. They are going to be staying in the top penthouse suite. Uh, I need you to help them take all of their bags up and show them where their room is. And pulls out two keys and hands them to the one of the dwarves. And these are keys that you guys notice have a like heart-shaped back <laughs> to them. <laughs> Getting the sweetheart sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then do they start going toward the room? Then? Yeah, they yeah. they walk to a staircase that is like where it would be laid out as they kind of go down and around a corner and the staircase would lead up like behind where the front desk is. Nina will follow. Rim follows as well. I follow. Same. They they lead you guys all the way up the to the fifth floor mm-hmm. and... Once you guys get up to the landing of the fifth floor, there is a fairly large like landing area that you can see from the balcony. You can see down the steps, and there are two doors on this floor. There's one on the left side of the floor and one on the right side of the floor. Which one do the guys go to? They have keys for both. Well, no, they take you to the right oh. side, but you guys are getting like half of this top floor, basically. Mm. Rim follows. Tempest will ask, is there anyone staying in the other side? Eh, not that we know of. I'd have to check the roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't we pick the lock and we get the whole floor? 
<laughs> okay, but yeah, no. So Nina will follow I don't them. Oh, maybe there's someone that has paid for some discretion in whether or not they're staying over there. I have plus three sleight of hand. <laughs> or we could knock like easiness? normal people. <laughs> hey, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Howdy, neighbor. No, I don't have these tools. Good except, morning. You want a pie? Except I'm thinking of it in the middle of the two where one of you is going to try and pick the locks and someone hears it and opens the door and then he's like, hi, neighbor. <laughs> oh, God. Good morning. Rim's going to walk into the room or whatever. Yeah, Nina will as well. <laughs> he's going to like go through his pack to find what, like, you know, his standard britches and cotton top. What, what's the layout of the room look like? Is there more than one bed? <laughs> Yes. Oh no, there's just one big bed. That's what I'm wondering in a heart shape. <laughs> Mirrored ceiling. No, this this is this is the lavish penthouse suite. What you guys walk into is a very large like living space where you've got a fireplace on one wall. You've got some very nice comfy couches and chairs. Baby there's grand a, piano. There's a table <laughs> to play some board games at. You can actually see some some dwarven some dwarf chess and some dwarf poker cards okay guys let's play this new game i heard called dungeons and dragons <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's called dwarfs and dungeons there you go <laughs> no and uh there is uh an actual like looking all the way through there is a double door that if you were to open it up you would find leads out to a balcony that is walled off in the middle to to keep you guys separate from the other side of the of the top floor and there are actually three different bedrooms as well as a restroom a bathroom all within here there is a small kitchen area hmm. um basically all of the amenities you would need like all of your soaps and everything are in storage in the bathroom. Any like wood and everything that you would need for cooking with is all stocked in a pantry area. So it has like a kitchen thing? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Ariel's gonna look to see if there's any like robes or <laughs> something. You steal the robes. Nice <laughs> velvet robes that are a kind of a dark plum. Okay, so upon seeing that, because we're supposed to be, letting... and they are emblazoned with a L and a like a C that goes through the L with a heart around it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. If you are liking what you hear, consider rating the show and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you know someone who likes fantasy stories and think they might like the show. Help them find us by showing them adventuresinarelia.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate to us monthly on Patreon at patreon.com slash adventuresinarelia, where for only $1 a month, you'll gain access to all of our bonus content. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can join our Discord at adventuresinarelia.com slash discord, or you can email us at feedback at adventuresinarelia.com. Lastly, we'd like to thank the artists who provide music for us to use in the show. Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Vinswept, Sirenscape, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, Adrian Von Ziegler, Jamie Brace, Derek and Brandon Feichter, and Scott Buckley. You can find links to all these wonderful artists at adventuresinarelia.com slash music. 
We'd also like to thank Battle Bards for allowing us to use their music, soundscapes, and effects in our episodes. If you'd like to bring the sounds of Battle Bards to your own table, you can join Battle Bards Prime. As a Battle Bards Prime member, you'll get 20% off on any purchases you make, and you can stream all music from the Battle Bards catalog as well as their partners. If you're interested, you can use the coupon code Aurelia, that's E-R-Y-L-I-A, to get 15% off your subscription cost. 